0: Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast with me, Sean Tipping. It's just going to be me today. I actually haven't done a case study for everyone in quite a while, so I wanted to get one out there and this is one that I actually dealt with last spring. So I've been hanging on to this for a while, but it was a pretty interesting uh, adventure to get this car fixed. I learned quite a bit. It was frustrating at times, but uh, definitely interesting. So I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, What we're dealing with here is a 2011 Subaru Outback with a 3.6 liter flat six. Okay. So most of the Subarus have the uh, four cylinder, but this is the six cylinder, not really that different, but uh, just a little bit less common, a little tougher to find known good. And stuff like that. But anyways, what we had going on with this vehicle is this is actually a used car lot that I do some work for as far as diagnostics. And they actually sell a lot of subarus so he's got a whole lot full of different subarus which kind of helped in this situation uh, because i was able to get some known goods from those but um, this particular subaru had been purchased from the auction Uh, you know it's a used car lot this guy buys a lot of vehicles from the auction and it was setting a p0017 uh, cam crank correlation for bank one exhaust so the motor is set up like this. Obviously, it's the flat six, uh, two different banks. Uh, each bank has two different camshafts, intake and exhaust, timing chain driven, uh, variable valve timing, so it has phasers. Um, and the particular camshaft that this code correlates to again is bank one exhaust so if you're physically looking at the engine you're standing under the hood and you're looking at the down at the engine this would be the bank on the passenger side and the exhaust cam is on the lower side of the engine so just for reference uh, what we're talking about we're zeroing in on that uh, camshaft on that bank That's the code that's setting, and it's a cam crank correlation code, or at least that's what the description says. So, this would uh, consistently set, and uh, you know, the guy's got a code reader, they have a shop there, and they'd tried resetting it, and it just continually sets and continually sets. So, he wanted me to come in, look at this, tell him, you know, what it needs. And so, I come in and I take a look at the vehicle, and It definitely looks like somebody has been after this code before. Uh, Again, purchase from the auction, who knows why, there's not going to be any history on it, but it looks like somebody has definitely uh, been down this road. So it's not a good sign for me, but uh, I do run into that from time to time. Uh, What I noticed right away before I really did anything was that it looked like the timing cover had been off at some point in the recent past you could tell by the silicone that it wasn't the factory silicone seal around the timing cover in addition to that the camshaft sensor for this uh, exhaust camshaft on bank one was brand new okay so new cam sensor and i noticed somebody had overlaid the wires for the camshaft sensor from the camshaft sensor all the way to the ecm under the dash so that's definitely not a good sign because somebody uh, put in actually a, quite a bit of effort in order to do this. It wasn't the greatest wiring repair ever, but somebody was definitely chasing this before. So I need to be real cautious when I go into this to not just call it, oh yeah, it's just out of time, right? Or it just needs a cam sensor. I need to make sure that I uh, check everything very detailed because odds are somebody else is trying to do the same thing that I am at this point. So... The first thing that I want to do here is understand what this code means exactly and when the computer is looking for it, what the computer is looking at. I can probably figure that out cam crank sensors, but when is it looking? Um, you know, to actually set this code, Uh, what are the engine conditions? Uh, Is it all the time? Is it idle? Is it when the VVT is active? You know, does this have something to do with a solenoid or, uh, you know, I've seen on these Subarus where you could have a oil tube or pipe that gets clogged up, weird stuff like that. But understanding the code here is going to help me uh, understand what the computer is looking for and when it's looking for it. Okay. So we're going to spend a little bit of time on the code here to try to understand it. And then we'll get into actually diagnosing the vehicle. So again, this is a P0017, and if you go into the Subaru information for this, um, there's two different sections for this code. There's a diagnostic section, which I actually didn't really find that helpful, and then there's a code set criteria section, which I found much more helpful, and I'm going to read some information from this to you. For the diagnostic section, Um, for this P0017. Basically, it says start the engine, let it idle, and then measure the exhaust AVCS, which I'm just going to refer to as VVT. Um, that is Subaru's acronym, Active Valve Control System. I'm just going to call it VVT because that's what it is, variable valve timing. This is the cam phaser. There's a oil control solenoid, activates the phaser, shifts the cam, right? Nothing new here. This is just variable valve timing. So anyways, measure the exhaust VVT system operating angle and oil flow control valve duty cycle output using a scan tool, okay? So what it's saying is go into the data stream find the angle for the VVT on that particular uh, bank for that camshaft and find the duty cycle for the corresponding solenoid. And what it's saying at idle, that angle should be approximately zero and that the duty cycle for the solenoid should be approximately 10%. Okay. And mine was, but it's saying if it is, then what you're supposed to do is clean the oil routing. Okay. So again, there's a little metal tube Uh, from the solenoid uh, to where it bolts into the head to go to the phaser so they're saying maybe this could be clogged up Um, and then you're supposed to change the oil and filter idle for five minutes and then check it again to see if um, this code sets again so not really helpful there if it says it's out. You know, if it says that angle is out or the duty cycle is more than it's supposed to be, then you're looking uh, for different things like an exhaust camshaft issue, a timing chain issue, an oil flow control solenoid issue, or an oil pipe clog. Okay, so um, my values are zero and 10% like they should be. So really all it's telling me is to change the oil and clean out an oil tube. Okay, and maybe I could do that. Maybe that's what we're the direction we're headed, but I still don't really understand this code a whole lot. And so that's all they offer you there. But if you go into the code set criteria, and you know, this is really important to take the time to understand these codes I mean, anytime we're getting into a diagnostic you know some of these generic OBD2 style codes they, they can mean different things and i've had an episode all about this where we really look at the definition of the code you know what is the computer unhappy at about what is it using to monitor something um, this is where it can really make or break a diagnosis for you is spending the time uh, to read up on this stuff. So I tried my best here and it didn't quite get me to where I wanted, but the code set criteria information actually did give me a lot more. Um, and it will set us up for actually fixing the car. Eventually it was, uh, it was quite the roundabout way to get there, but there is some important information here. So I want to cover this real quick. So in the code set criteria information, um, the first thing they have is an outline of the diagnosis, which is actually much more helpful than the first section. Um, And it says to detect the exhaust VVT system malfunction, obviously it judges. This is not good or sets this code when standard timing advance is far from learning angle. Okay. Now, At the moment, I have no idea what that means. I don't know what learning angle is, but do take note of that because you're going to hear that brought up a few times uh, throughout this description of the code. If the VVT advance amount is far from learning angle, okay, this is right from Subaru service information too. And then they give you a nice overview of the system. They tell you how the phaser works, the oil control solenoid, the ECM, all that stuff. Uh, you know, we're fairly familiar with how that stuff works to phase a camshaft. Then it gives us some enable conditions, right? So this is what it takes for the PCM to even monitor for this code. And that's going to be important for me if I want to duplicate the problem. You know, what condition? Do I need to go drive this thing? Do I have to have the VVT active? Is it at idle? Both. Um, This information is actually really important to have. So what we're looking at for enable conditions, battery voltage above 10.9 volts. Okay, this one's important. Engine speed between 525 RPM and 800 RPM, meaning that this code sets at idle. All right. So most likely no throttle, most likely no VVT operation. This code sets at idle. Important to know, right? That's how I'm going to get this code to set. Nice for me. I don't have to go drive this vehicle, uh, most likely. Um, You also have to have the coolant above 167 degrees and the VVT not in operation. Also important to know, right? This is not a code that's looking to see did the cam phase the way we wanted it to, right? There are specific codes for that in a lot of vehicles. That's not this. This is actually just checking cam timing at idle. Maybe to make sure that the VVT is not active, but it could also set if just the timing of the engine is out. So that is what we're looking at for enable conditions. Now for the diagnostic method portion of this, it says, judges it as not good, meaning it will set this code or fail the monitor, when the absolute value of the difference between cam signal input position and learning value is out of specification. Okay, I don't really understand what that means, <laughs> but sounds to me like the engine's out of time, right? That's what it is. I, I don't know what this learning value is yet. And I, at this point in the diagnosis, I got no clue what that means. I'm kind of skimming over it because they don't explain it in here at all. Um, they give you some values though. Um, for this to fail, they're saying that the crankshaft position, when camshaft position sensor signal is input learning value is greater than 12 crankshaft degrees okay what i can gather from that because it's a little wordy um and maybe translated from japanese not well i don't know um but basically it's saying that there is a difference in camshaft to crankshaft correlation more than 12 degrees okay um and then it's saying it's good if it's under 12 crankshaft degrees all right I guess that's easy enough to to figure out. Um, Basically, what I'm gathering from this is that it's setting if the engine's out of time and it's looking at it at idle. Okay, Um, I don't understand this learning angle thing and I didn't really think a whole lot of it besides I just noted that it was in there and I want everyone listening to note that it's in there too, because it does actually end up being pretty important to uh, fixing this vehicle. But at the time it wasn't really on my mind. I'm just looking for an engine that's out of time. Okay. So uh, verify the problem. Now I'm actually on the car, hook up my scan tool, looked at the values. They're at zero for the VVT uh, degree. It's at 10% for the solenoid uh, duty cycle, exactly like the code said. And I clear the code out, I let the engine warm up, let it idle, sets this code as soon as it's warm, right? It doesn't take very long. It's very consistent, sets this every time. So I got a hard fault. At least that's nice. And again, I don't have to drive this. I don't have to worry about, um, you know, getting the VVT to operate and some weird intermittent problem. No, this is a hard fault right now all the time. Cool. I guess that's one good thing about this car. So again, I'm just kind of thinking that the timing might be off. Now, like I said, they had the timing cover off, it looked like, and they had done the camshaft sensor. They'd overlaid some wires. Had somebody been in there to check the timing already? I don't know, maybe, but um, I need to do the same thing. Uh, I did check the oil. It was full and clean. That is one thing that you definitely want to do whenever you have (laughs) timing or VVT issues. Let's make sure the oil is clean, proper viscosity, and full. But uh, I'm just going to scope the cam crank correlation, right? That seems like the most logical thing to do here. Cause if I can prove that it's out, I can tell them without taking anything apart with my scope and just say, yeah, this camshaft's out of time in correlation to the crankshaft. Cause that's pretty much what my code is telling me. Um, so I do that. I go right to the ECM and the purpose here is to eliminate any possibility of signals getting messed up between, uh, the actual sensors in the ECM, right? Especially cause somebody overlaid wires and a little you know, hesitant to uh, trust that they did a good job. So I measure right at the ECM, which is behind the glove box. Just pull the glove box out, back probe in the ECM. I'm right there. I get my signals. So I'm comparing my bank one exhaust cam signal to the crankshaft. And I take a look around for known goods on the internet. Couldn't find any, Uh, not for the three six, Uh, pretty, pretty tough to find. But luckily one of the other vehicles in the lot, was an Outback, same year, same engine. Okay, cool. And I did ask him, I was like, this one have any codes or anything? He said, no, this one's you know ready to sell. Okay, so I'm going to use this as my known good. And I do that. And I hook up to that one as well. And I compare the two signals. And I will put these pictures up on Facebook for you. So this is off. It's off by about five degrees of crankshaft rotation. Now the code did say 12, but it's clearly off. And again, take a look at the pictures. You can see, there's no doubt the, the, the camshaft for this bank that it's setting the code for is off compared to the known good like there is no question about it the amount i guess is questionable uh correlating to what the code is setting but either way hey it's off and that's what i tell them I'm like this thing's out of time okay take the time and cover off inspect replace chains whatever you got to do uh there's probably something going on in there okay so they do that um, they like I said, they have a shop that they do this stuff and they pull the timing cover off. I did not get to see it apart and that's usually how it goes for me as a mobile tech. Is I don't I'm not part of the repair uh, very infrequently do I get to actually see what's being fixed um, but in this case it kind of sucks because I didn't get to actually visually see the timing so, they pull it apart, um, their technicians say this is right on the money, they're familiar with these Subaru engines, this thing is not out of time. Um, what they did decide to do, and this was not a recommendation by me, they just decided to do this, is replace the phaser on that camshaft. And I guess I kind of get it, right, because we have codes with that camshaft, they determined that the timing was on, so they just replaced the phaser. They did, uh, they, <clears throat> they did not, however, replace the chains guides or tensioner. They they decided that those were in good shape and it was in time. Okay, fine. So they put it back together and they run it same code P0017 sets again. Okay. So they call me back out and say, "Hey, can you check this out again? We verified it, it's in time, this and that." Okay, so I come back out, I scope it again and same exact Position It was this time I grab another Subaru that he had on the lot and pretty lucky for me that he actually had all these uh, known goods sitting around and I asked him, okay, is this one have codes? Let's compare it to another one just to make sure that I'm not off the money here somehow. And same thing. So my actually both of my known goods were exactly the same. This engine, again, off five degrees. Take a look at those two pictures in the Facebook. You can see for yourself. And I show him and I explain to him what I'm looking at. I'm like, dude, this is off. Like you should have changed those chains. There's probably some stretch in some chains, a guide, something, whatever. It's like, you got to go back in there and, you know, redo this stuff. That's the only way this is going to work. And I'm pretty confident at this point because it's off compared to my two known goods and it's setting a code for that bank. I mean, what else could this be? Right. So I leave it at that. I tell him, this is, this is what it is. You know, this is what the data is showing me. Um, This is what you need to do. I don't have anything else for you. Okay. So he's cool with that. And uh, they're going to get back into it and see what they can do. And I don't hear about it for uh, probably a w- couple weeks, I think. And what they decided to do was not change the chains out, not change the guides out, anything like that. They actually decided to swap in a different engine. And this was a used engine. I don't know where exactly they got it from, but that was their decision. Again, this is not a recommendation by me. They just decided they were going to pop in an engine and i guess in a subaru it's probably not that much work uh, they do a lot of these things but they put a different 3.6 in this thing okay they run it they drive it same thing there's same code p0017 is setting with a brand new in well i shouldn't say brand new engine but a different engine so they call me out again they're like hey we still got this code setting we replaced the engine and we're still getting the same code Okay, so maybe my timing chain thing goes out the window. Maybe they are just super unlucky and they've got a used engine with the same you know, correlation problem. Okay, so I was like, I'll go back one more time. I'll scope this new engine and see, is this thing in time? So I scope the new engine or the used engine that they've installed into this outback. And this one is right on the money. Okay, compared to both of my known goods, this thing is exactly where it needs to be. And I verify this code will reset every single time. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So I, you know, I'm thinking it over and I'm talking with the owner and we're kind of like at this point, well, we kind of have to try a computer. I mean, we've swapped the entire engine out and verified it against the known good. The wires are overlaid. The signal looks great at the ECM. There's no signal integrity problems. Um, the, the the sensors have been changed over several times. There's not a whole lot else this can be. We Let's, let's try an ECM. And that's all we can do. So he gets me an ECM, and it's actually out of one of his other vehicles on the lot. Again, super handy that I had all these vehicles. You guys and girls that work at dealerships, I don't know, it's probably not quite that simple, but man, it's nice to have known goods, right? Um, anyways, he grabs me an ECM out of one of the vehicles on the lot. And again, we verified, you know, same engine. There's no code setting in this vehicle. There's no P0017. Let's try this one in our problem vehicle and see if does this fix it? Okay. So I could have done this differently um, and probably just fixed the car and been on with my life. And probably wouldn't have learned as much, but I decided to make things as difficult as possible for myself. I didn't know that in the moment, but that's what happened. Um, I had this was back this spring, and I had recently taken Mike and Pedro's EEPROM class, right? And so I'm all excited to get to use my EEPROM stuff whenever I can. And I'm like, okay, you know, this board is really easy to crack open. You just pop some clips, you pull the board out, find the EEPROM. I want to see if I can copy the data from one computer the other and then i should just be able to plug this module into the problem subaru fire it up okay easy now again there are other ways to do this that don't require eprom work but uh my stumbling around actually allowed me to learn a few things so (laughs) come with me on my uh my tale of screwing things up here um So I have two two ECMs in front of me, right? The problem original ECM, and I have a donor ECM, which we verified there are no codes. It's out of the same vehicle. This should be a good computer based on the problems we're experiencing, okay? So here's my plan. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find the EEPROM on the board. This is where all like the security, the VIN number, all the specific information to that car is stored is in this little eight leg EEPROM, which is gonna be close to the main processor and it's actually a uh, 93C86 if anyone's interested, and it's on the flip side of the board from the main processor. I can send anybody a picture. Uh, maybe I'll do that in the Facebook group so you can see where it's at. Anyways, if you're not doing the actual EEPROM work, doesn't really matter. This is just the um, permanent memory storage for this module. Things like FIN number, keys, um, things like that are stored here. So, What I do is I find this and I hook up using my IM508 and XP400 with a little EEPROM clip and I see if I can read the data on the original, the problem ECM. Okay, and what I'm looking for here is, um, if this is the correct EEPROM, is some hex data, and I'm looking for a VIN number, right? If you find something that has the VIN number for that car in it, okay, this is the data that I need to copy over to the other ECM to just make it plug and play, because somewhere in there, it's gibberish to me, but somewhere in there is the security data, and again, the VIN number, so it's just a copy and paste really is all I'm trying to do. So I hook up to this EEPROM. I get it. I see my VIN number. Okay. I'm confident this is the data that I need. So I save that as a file. I go to my donor ECM. I read out the data from that one. I saved that data, or at least I thought I did (laughs) at the moment. I thought I saved the data on the donor. Um, And then I basically pasted the original EEPROM data into this donor one. Okay. So easy enough. So now I have my donor ECM. I've copied the EEPROM data to it, VIN number, security, all that stuff. I go to plug it into this vehicle. Let's start this thing up, see what happens. Same code sets. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not the fix. I'm kind of at a loss here, and I'm thinking, I was like, gosh, I don't know what to do, right? ECM didn't fix it. Um, the, nothing seems to fix this vehicle, and I don't really know where to go, but I was going to put the donor ECM back in its original vehicle before I left. I was going to go, have to go home, talk to some people, do some research to proceed further. But this is when I realized I did not save the donor information <laughs> for, the, uh, for the ECM that I took out from another car he had on the lot, right? But I got to put this ECM back in the vehicle. Um, he was going to get a new ECM if this fixed it, but obviously it didn't. So I got to I got to put this thing back. But I didn't save the data for this one. That data is gone. The VIN number, all the security info. It's it's it was not saved. I messed up here. Uh, but again, this actually did allow me to learn something about what was going on. So here's what I do instead. I went in and I edited the VIN number, and you can do this with a hex editor, and this is my donor ECM. I'm trying to put back into the donor vehicle, so I put in that VIN number, and then I plug it in, and then I match the security using my IM508 through the obd 2 port, which Honestly, probably could have just done that in the first place. And like I said, there are other ways that you can put these ECMs in these Subarus. I decided to go the hardest way possible, but um, I was able to get the vehicle to start. And this is the donor vehicle. This is when we got our donor ECM out. I edited the VIN. I matched the security and the keys using an OBD2 port IM508, and this thing starts and runs. Okay, cool. Well, at least, at least we've got this car back together, and I'll have to go back to my original car. But I let this donor run for a little bit after I put the ECM in. Now this thing to P P0017 and it's consistent every single time. So now I have two cars that set a P0017 and I'm really frustrated at this point. I was at this shop way later than I thought I would be. And I just tell the guy, I'm like, dude, I, I got to call it for today. I have no idea what's happening. Um, I will regroup and come back. So at this point, I go home, again, super frustrated. How do I have two broken vehicles? How is this one that didn't have a code before now setting it? I don't understand what's going on. And maybe as you're listening, you can connect the dots here. I hadn't connected any dots just yet. I'm just frustrated at this point. So I go home and I am just like, I need to reach out and get some help here. So call Fanslow. He's, (laughs) he was the first person I thought of. I'm like, okay, Matt's going to be able to tell me I'm stupid or at least point me in the right direction. And he did. Um, He actually connected me with Leo Gilmore and uh, Leo is a Subaru technician in New York. Super smart guy, super friendly. Um, He was more than willing to help me out. So I want to give credit where credit's due because Leo actually allowed me to connect the dots on this one and figure out what I needed to do. So I talked to Leo and I give him the whole story of where I'm at. And, you know, this thing's got a new engine. We tried a different PCM, all this, everything, you know, it's still setting the same code. And now I have it in the other vehicle as well that I started to mess with. So I got two broken vehicles and what the heck's going on here. And we, we talked through it and what we ended up, um, or he ended up doing, explaining to me was the learned cam values or the learning angle, as they called it in the service information. And I, like I said, when I read about this in the code criteria, I kind of glanced over it. I didn't really think a whole lot about it, but I did remember that I saw a learning angle or a learned cam value. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was. And it doesn't really explain it to you in the service information there. There is, however, a pretty lengthy uh, Subaru service bulletin, which you can find on Google. I'll actually put the link to this service bulletin um, in the show notes or in the post in the Facebook group so that you can read it. It's really just a big flow chart, um, but it gives you a little bit of insight into what these learned CAM values are. And again, Leo helped me understand this. And really what this is, is this is just an adjustment by the ECM. As the engine's running, you know, as the vehicle's actually operating, the ECM will make adjustments at certain points, and my guess is it's just to make up for, you know, where in the engine, in the VVT system, things change a little bit, and it will actually permanently adjust these values um, for what it's looking at as far as VVT and cam angle during engine operation, you know. Um Newer Subarus, and you can see this in the service bulletin, you can actually view this uh, number in the data stream, Uh, sometimes in mode six, sometimes as a actual value in the data pits. Um, But you can actually see this. The 2011 didn't have that option. It wasn't in the scanner. It wasn't in mode six. It just didn't exist as something that I could view with a scan tool. But it's in there for this particular VVT engine. It learns this value and what you can read in this service bulletin is that these are semi permanent as far as when they are updated and if there is a mechanical problem with an engine of some sort and it updates these learned cam values wall there is a mechanical issue, meaning that you know the timing is out a certain degree. Something is wrong with that camshaft or the position of that camshaft, the phaser, the solenoid, whatever it is. If it updates the value at that point, this thing will always set a code because it's going to skew that learned value quite a bit. And it's using that learned value to make the determination about cam crank correlation. Okay. So again, if that's not super clear, I apologize um, because they don't lay it out extremely clear on how it's making this determination or how it's being used. But again, in this service bulletin, if you read through it, you can get a better idea of what they're trying to do. And really, again, it's it's just a value that's being updated, but it's It's permanent. It's not something that just changes all the time. And again, talking to Leo, this is well known on Subarus that once this happens, you really can't change it. That even if you were to fix what's wrong with the engine, it is still going to set this code. And if you look in this, it's a flow chart in the service bulletin. If these numbers are too far off and it's causing codes to set, the fix is to replace the ECM. To put in a new ECM, it will be a blank slate because there's no way you can reset these cam values. Um, Now, I did say it's possible with a large amount of driving that they may eventually reset, but that. Nobody really knows exactly how much driving that is and the light's going to be on that whole time. So obviously a customer is not going to be too happy with that. So the fix is to put an ECM in it. That's it. That will take care of your problem. Okay. Well, yeah, but we tried doing that. I tried a different ECM that didn't have these codes. Now all of a sudden they do. And this is where we kind of, again, connected the dots that when I transferred over the EEPROM data from the original problem vehicle to the donor and the fact that I deleted <laughs> the donor information. So the the EEPROM data from the broken car essentially is still now in this donor. All I did was edit the VIN and match the security. But there was a lot more hex data that, again, it's all gibberish to me. I don't know what all these zeros and ones mean, but there was a lot more data in there besides just the VIN and just the keys, What is all that information? Well, we determined that the learned CAM values must be in this EEPROM data. That is why our donor vehicle is now setting this code. Okay, so can we use this to fix the car possibly? I think so. I think if we get another ECM, a third one, again, that doesn't have code setting in it, that there's no issues with this engine, and we use that EEPROM data, We copy that EEPROM data into both of our ECMs that we have now, edit the VINs manually, you just type it in with a hex editor, and then use the 508 through the OBD2 port to match the security, we should be able to fix both vehicles. And so that's what we did. We did have to order a third ECU because we didn't have another one on the lot. And the limitation there is we don't know for sure if this comes out of a good vehicle or not, but... But we're just going to give this a shot and see what happens. So I have my third ECU. I pull the EEPROM data off of this in the same fashion. I copy and paste that to both of my other ECMs, the original problem ECM and our donor ECM, which I screwed up. And we put this EEPROM data into both of those. I edit the VINs manually. I plug in the computers. I match the security using the IM508, and I start both my donor vehicle and my original vehicle. No code set. I let these things run for quite a while. I drive them. All good to go. There's no more P0017. So by doing that, by me messing up anyways, (laughs) um, we were able to prove that these learned CAM values are stored within the EEPROM on the board. And what that means is, if you have one of these vehicles... Fixing or you know replacing the ECM obviously is one option, and that's you know Subaru's flowchart how how they say to do it. But if you have a donor ECM, or if you have contact with somebody in some of auto, uh, the automotive networks that has access to a known good file for the vehicle that you're working on, it's super easy to. Just paste in this EEPROM data, edit the VIN, and then match the security using something like the Autel, IM508, or something similar. There's a number of tools that'll do it, right? Basically, you can repair these ECMs that have learned values that are way out to lunch, and you don't have to replace it. Now, again, replacement is one way to go, and at least now you're aware of that, but there are other possibilities, Right. Now, if somebody was way smarter than me, and there's plenty of those people out there, you could actually take this hex data that you get out of the EEPROM, compare it to a known good, and maybe actually find the line where these values are in the hex data and edit them yourself and then you wouldn't even need a file but i tried looking at that uh, it is beyond the scope of my abilities um, and there would have been a lot of trial and error going back and forth and i just didn't have time for that so anyways um that was the fix for this one is these learn cam values were off in the ecm and we could have replaced it. Um, had I done it an easier way, I probably would have fixed the vehicle earlier instead of breaking more vehicles. But by doing that, we learned that the learn cam values, which are semi-permanent are stored within the EEPROM data of the ECM on these Subarus. And this goes all the way up into 15, 16, at least I saw in the service bulletin, um, where they're, you know, running into this issue from time to time. Um, but now, um, Hopefully, you know, this is a workaround for somebody and at least you're aware of it if you're going into timing issues with these Subarus in the future, because uh, that can definitely be pretty tricky. All right. So I think that's going to do it for today. I thought that was pretty interesting. Hopefully you did as well. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the show. I really appreciate it, but that's all I've got for you today. So let's get out there, start fixing the world one car at a time.